Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf Shavua as we study Meseches Ksuvos Daf Yudches. Daf Yudches deals with a uh, classic issue. Came up earlier in the Gemara, Daf Tazayin, but we're going to go into some more details. A guy comes along and he says, The field that I'm living on was once your father's field. However, <laughs> Excuse me, your father sold it to me, and now it's my field. We believe the guy. Now, what happens to shtaros, to contracts, to kenyanim, to proofs, to documentation? So we're operating over here with a principle called hapet she'asur, hapet she'heter. Different ways of saying it, hapet she'asur, hapet she'heter, which means no one ever knew that this uh, field belonged to anyone else except for the guy who's living on it now. So the fact that he brings it up, what he didn't have to bring up, that's enough to certify that he's living on it now. It is some kind of a migu. Migu, I think we may have explained in previous Gemaras, where because you could have said something else, then this statement ends up winning the day. Now, this is a general uh, introduction. We're going to deal with this halach lamaisa, but we're also going to have a mode of issue. What happens? Somebody comes and claims you owe me money. Person could be a kofer bakol and say, "I don't owe you any money." He's mode of He admits part of it. So again, you'll see conceptually the same concept where maybe we would apply amigo because he could have just denied it. So if he admitted part of it, we should believe him. These are the concepts that are being played out on Daf Yudches. Very, very important Shas discussions. In having the discussion of Pesha Asa, Pesha Hittir, and trying to figure out why we had that case uh, with the father, the Gemara raises another possibility. And the Gemara raises a possibility where you would, a person says, I lent, Reuven says, I lent something to Shimon, and I paid it back. That seems to be a pretty good Pesha Asa Pesha Hitter case. So why do you end up needing that father's case, getting uh, more people from the family involved? So the Gemara gives a technical reason that there's basically an issue with the Seifa, because you want to have the Seifa of the Mishnah, which is the first Mishnah in this parak, match up to the Resha. So I'm not getting into that technical point, but I did want to show you a very fascinating Halacha that comes from this discussion because the Gemara entertains the possibility that lending someone an item with witnesses doesn't require the payback to be with witnesses. And we'll see, that is the halacha that's brought down, which gives us at least a window into considering that a person would be able to be believed now, again, this is not Pesha Asa Pesha Hitter, but here you'd have a guy who'd be able to believe that I paid something back. Even though there were Adim only on the loan, and there are no Adim that says pay it back. So I'm really most interested in getting us here to the Shulchan Aruch. And just, this is a very important halacha as far as general Eitzah when it comes to, um, general Eitzah when it comes to loans. You know that we have great value in loans. But 
we're also concerned about not borrowing too much. So that's an issue we've discussed in the past. It's the based on a pasuk. I think it's in Mishlei. You don't want to become an evid to so many people or even to one person if you borrow and you're not able to pay back. And part of that is what's going on, where we not only want to make sure that loans are paid back, we want to make sure that loans are made properly. So if you look into the Rambam, it's based on this Gemara, the Rambam Hilchas Malve Velove, Perik Yud Aleph Halacha Aleph, says, Hamalves Chavero Bifnei Edim, if he lends before Edim, Osha Amar Edim, or he says, Hayu Alai Edim, He's telling the aid, they're not writing anything down, but he's saying to them that I made this loan, Shani Chayev Lazah, so I'm, the love is the borrower, says that I'm Chayev to the Malva, to the lender, Mana, or Mana, or whatever it may be. Or he gives a different possibility, Shani Chayev Lazah, Mana Zunikras Malva Alpeh. So if the whole thing isn't written down, it's called a Malva Alpeh. It's verbal. Ve'in Sarach Leparo Be'edim. So the Rambam says, in this situation, you don't have to pay with Edim. So it already seems to be a qualifier of what we're finding in our Gemara, because the Gemara seems to say any loan doesn't have to be paid back with Edim. He's saying here, the Rambam, only if it's a Malva Alpeh, as opposed to a contractual one. And then he tells you what happens. If the, the borrower says, listen, I paid... And the lender says, yeah, but where are the Edim? He says, listen, we learned from the Gemara, you don't need Edim. So then he's able to make a uh, what's called a Shvuas Heses. Nishba Heses Veniftar. People are very scared to make Shvuas, so this is going to be enough to trust him. It almost, if we could explain it, the theory, it steps, the Shvuas steps into the place of the Edim. But then the Rambam says, and again, hold on till we get to the Shulchan Aruch, Abba Halmalva Eschavera Bishtar, but when you have a contract, so then you need Adam, who are going to testify that the contract was, that the that the loan was paid. This way, if the guy comes along and he says, uh, I paid it back, and we don't believe him, and a shvua is not good enough in this situation, we say to him, bring the Adam, or pay your debt. Beautiful lesson from the Rambam. Pay the Edim, O Amud Vishalim Lo Chovo. Now, in contemporary times, and this is a very important issue, we want people to make loans, of course. And people say, ah, I'm only lending to my friends, I don't have to put it down. Listen to the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says, we are creating big problems if loans are made without uh, having contracts and contracts that are signed. And the Shulchan Aruch puts an Isser attached to it, and you'll see the Isser. Usr, this is the Shulchan Aruch and Chosha Mishpat, Hilchas Hava, Simonayim, Sif Aleph. Usr Lahavas below Edim. You can't loan without witnesses. Vafilu Talmud Chacham. Even to a Talmud Chacham. So it's interesting. You'd think the Talmud Chacham would be more believable. The Ber Hagola points out that it's a funny Ber Hagola, but uh, we're going to take it on face value that a Talmud Chacham is more forgetful because he's so involved with his learning. Hopefully he's not forgetting his learning, but he may not remember. Did he, did he borrow? Did he lend? He won't have all the details in mind. Now, 
the only exception to lending without witnesses, the Shulchan Aruch says, is Ella Imkain, Helvuhu Al Mashkon. Right? If you give a Mashkon, so you give some kind of a deposit, or a Mashkon could actually mean a real physical collateral then that would match up because the person does, has the incentive to pay back. And you'd have to, obviously, the lender would be smart enough to take a mashkon that's uh, close to the value or more than the value of the money. Then the Shulchan Aruch says, yoser. The bottom line is, even with the mashkon, the best thing is, let's have a malva bishtar. You need Adim signing and you need Adim to make sure that it's paid back. And listen to what he says. Below Edim, if you lend without Edim, over Mishum Lefneiver Lositein Mechshel. And that's why in the beginning of the halachi he said Asr. Right? You, you're violating putting a stumbling block in front of a blind person because you're going to end up with problems. Now, whether this is actually an Isr or it's close to the Isr is an interesting question we're not going to get into. But I'm telling you, Lamaisa, based on things that I've seen, even with friends, when things aren't written down and there are no Edom, you're in trouble. And this is what happens with a Gemach, right? With a Gemach, you make sure you have creditors, you make sure that everything is signed, and at the end, you're doing everyone a favor. The Shulchan Aruch says, if not, v'gorim klola atzma. You, you're going to cause a, a klola to yourself. He's talking here to the lender, but it could be to the borrower as well. Okay, I want to explain uh, something that comes up on this daf. What an amazing Masech, Masech is So in order to understand uh, some of the Gemara and the staff, you need some background from Shnei Mochsen. Shnei Mochsen's a great parak in Bab Metziah. I remember learning Shnei Mochsen in uh, sixth grade. These days, I think they don't really do the Nazik and Sugyas, uh, the Gemara's at a young age. Ramosha actually felt it was very important because it develops not just knowledge, but it develops uh, midas, derech eretz kadamal Torah. And uh, some of that comes up here in Suvis as well, with our honesty, integrity, etc. So what happens? Ruvain comes to Shimon, and Ruvain says to Shimon, you owe me $100. Now Shimon has two options. Let's just approach it this way. He could totally deny it, well, he has three options. He could totally deny it. That's called a kofar bakol. According to the halacha, on a derisa level at least, he totally denies it. He's off. Now, we're going to have to explain why he's off, because then you'd say everybody should totally deny it. The chachamim actually said you have to make a shvua which is, I mentioned before, it's a rabbinic shvua. The other option is he admits it, but that's not really too exciting for us because then he has to just pay it back. What happens if it's a modeb and mixas? So the classic way we present the case is Ruben says to Shimon, you owe me 100. Shimon says 50. Now, it looks like he shouldn't have to pay anything because he had a, what we call amigo. He could have said something that, would have even been a better taina. He could have said, I owe zero. So why does he have to owe anything beyond the 50? And the halacha is that in order to get away with paying the additional 50, obviously the 50 he admits to he has to pay, he has to take a shvua. 
not a shrua hesis, but a full-blown shrua daraisa. Now, a shrua daraisa for us may not sound like such a big deal, but it is a big deal. And people are very, very scared to make a, a shrua daraisa. Even if you have to make the shrua, it's not the type of uh, area you want to get into. So, which would sound like maybe that's an incentive to push the guy to be a kol for bakol, to be a liar. So the Gemara says the following. The Gemara says there's another chazaka. And the chazaka is that in Adam, a person is not going to totally deny in the face of a person who lent him money, a person is not going to totally deny it. Maybe he'll partially deny it, but he can't face the guy. Chazaka in Adam mesis if he truly owes a person money, he's not going to be able to lie to his face. Now, you could show me today there are people that would lie to the face. And in fact, the Chachamim were aware of that, and that's why they had a Shavuos Hesus. But in this situation, you wouldn't be able to do it. So therefore, he has to take a Shavuos. Now, this leads to the next Gemara. I'm not going to get into full details, but this is a Gemara that's known as a Meshavavedah. Meshav Aveda is literally returning a lost object. It's returning something that you don't necessarily have to return, but it's used here in a different context. The context over here is the following. Let's say Ruvain comes to Shimon and he says, your father, we're going back to the father situation, he lent me a hundred dollars, and I paid him back fifty. Remember, we had this case already. Now, this looks like a mode of a case. So why doesn't he have to take a shvua? But since he's volunteering the information, the chachamim say it's like a meshavavedah. It's like he's giving him something that was totally lost. So, and therefore, he doesn't have to pay the fifty because he already paid it, he claimed, and he wouldn't have to pay the other 50. This is a Pesha Asa Pesha Hitir. What makes things here a little bit exciting is that there's a Machlokas, because you have the opinion of Rebeleza ben Yaakov that in this situation, you would still need to have Moda Bemixas. Now, it seems at first in the Gemara, that would only be when Ruvain comes to Shimon and says that I have a Taina on you, as opposed to the other way around. Now, what the Gemara makes very clear, and this is just a good fact to know, why don't we say in a situation, in this case, where the person uh, volunteers the 50, right? Why doesn't the person say, why don't we say in this situation, that a person is not going to totally lie in front of his friend, in front of the the Bachov, so you have to realize the Gemara presented it as the father. So to the son, you may lie. To the, the son was the, the, took over the estate. To the father, he wouldn't have lied. So this is where you get into some complexity. But it's also where you get into understanding better this whole concept of how, at least on a Torah level, there was total trust. But that total trust was only face-to-face. So let me give you a fascinating case where this Gemara comes up. 
And this is found in uh, Rav Zilberstein, the Chashuk Echamet. What happens was, or what happened was there was a guy, we're going to call him uh, Ruvain. Ruvain was having heart problems. He calls uh, Mugging David Adom that they should send over someone to help him out. So they send over someone, and Baruch Hashem, we'll call the guy Shimon, is the one who saves him. Ruvain comes back to his uh, apartment, and he notices that his gold watch is missing. So he says, listen, the only person who was in this apartment was the guy from uh, Hatzalah, the guy from Magandavad Adom. So clearly, he's got to save me. I mean, he's got, he saved me. He has to pay me back. The other guy, Tainas, this is a case of Meshavaveda, which means I came, I did, as a volunteer, that a decency in my heart, I went to help save this guy. He should have no claim on me. And Rav Zilberstein says, Tshuva nemar b'mseches ksuva staf yudches aleph. The way you're going to find an answer to this question that seems so far away from our question is in ksuva staf yudches aleph. What we're learning now, Because again, you're making a claim that comes out of nowhere from a person who is doing you a favor. What he's saying is this is similar to the situation where Ruvain comes to Shimon and says, you know, I owed your father $50, or I owed your father $100, and I paid 50 He's volunteering the information. Now, at the conclusion of this very uh, fascinating discussion, there actually is, according to the postkim over here, a requirement for a shvur to take place. Because we're dealing really with two situ- different situations. The fact that he saved him, that's category one. You know, that's because nefashos, he saved him. Then you have a totally different issue, which is a claim about money. And you have at least circumstantial evidence that's pointing to this person. You're not going to say because he was coming and doing a tova, therefore he has full innocence and anything that... Uh, is missing from the apartment would be similar to a situation where you're volunteering that I borrowed a certain amount of money and since I paid back and I'm saying I paid a certain amount of back, you can't have a taina with me on anything else. It's a very fascinating chuva. Maybe someday we'll go through it inside, but just to see the application, halachalamaisa.